0: I am so excited just to get to spend some time with you guys today and um, teach about um, something that's just really near and dear to my heart. Um, And so I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll dive right in. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this time. And God, I thank you for each one of the women in this room and the incredible sacrifice that they have all made to spend their time with us, Um, loving on the women of Watermark Plano, who you have put in our charge. And so, God, I just pray that this time would be um, profitable for them and that the words that I say today would be yours, that you would speak through me and that you would move me out of the way. God, I thank you for the provision of this food and for the team that so graciously prepared it for us. And I say all this in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Well, I want to start with a question for you all, and that is, who in here has seen the movie War Room? Raise your hand. Yeah. Okay. So most of us. Um, So my husband very sweetly took me to go see the movie that I had been hearing so much about, um, this movie about the power of prayer. And to be completely transparent, I was not super pumped to go and see it, um, because something that you may not know about me is that I love to rebel against things that everybody else is doing. So the fact that everybody was going to see it meant I didn't want to, even if it was a biblically-based movie, um, I didn't want to follow the crowd in that. So we went and saw it, and as I was sitting and watching this movie um, about this woman who is teaching a younger woman... How to pray for her family and how to use the word to have powerful prayers for her family. I'm watching this and I got to the end of the movie and realized this is not a movie about prayer. This is a movie about discipleship, and and I was so excited about it and also like man, y'all got it wrong. This is this is not about prayer. Um, and so today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about discipleship and. Um, My hope for each one of you is that as you walk away from our time today, that you would be encouraged, that you would be spurred on um, to excel still more, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 4.10, that I don't want your takeaway from this time to be you're not doing enough and you need to up your game, but that you would understand what the Lord calls us to in discipleship and just what a benefit it is to have each one of you discipling the women of watermark plano because we could not do it without you and so i want you to hear that from me first and foremost that you are our front lines you are our a team that's out there and doing it and so we are thankful for you as we go through this presentation i'm not going to read every verse that is in the powerpoint so i just want y'all to know that ahead of time but i would encourage you to go back and really dig into some of these scriptures just to remind yourself of the truth that you know so we're going to start with Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen through 20. And this passage, you probably are all very familiar with. Um, it is the Great Commission. And it says, And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so I want to unpack this a little bit in our time is that the first thing that he talks about is who has the authority and who has the power, that that's Jesus. And it is his authority to come in and work through us to make disciples. The second is that he commands us to go and make disciples. And so this isn't just something that's a watermark idea. This is our biblical mandate as believers to go and make disciples next he gives us the tools that we need in his word and so he's not asking us to go and make disciples and just figure out how to do it on our own he has given us everything we need and lastly he promises that he's not going to leave us alone in that and i think that's the sweetest part of that verse for me is just the reminder that he is going with us as we go to make disciples and so remember that as we talk through today We're going to answer three questions. The first is simply, what is a disciple? The second, what are the marks of a disciple? And third, what does discipleship look like? And so very simply, dictionary.com says that a disciple is a person who submits to the teachings of another. Luke 6 verse 40 says a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone when he is fully trained will be like his teacher. And so we have so many examples of discipleship relationships in Scripture. One that we're very close to getting into is the relationship of Moses and Joshua, that he takes him under his wing and teaches him how to lead. Paul and Timothy are two that we talk about a lot on staff. We ask each other constantly, who's your Paul and who's your Timothy? Who are the people that are speaking into your life and discipling you? And who in turn are you discipling out of what you are learning? My mom is one of the people who discipled me. So for each one of you in this room who is a mom, that is your primary area of discipleship, is that you are called to disciple your children and to train them up in godliness. I had teachers who spent time outside of class to pour truth into me. I had women in my church who took time in hard seasons of my life to remind me of truth and to help me fight lies. And now I have the opportunity to do that same thing. And so I have two younger women that I am pouring into that I spend intentional time with just asking them about their lives, asking them, what are the things that Satan is throwing at you that you're believing right now that you shouldn't? What are the questions that you have? Do you know how to pay rent? Simple things, it's just those life lessons that we all need someone with more experience to come in and help with. And so I think that sometimes as we think about discipleship, that it can be an intimidating thing because we have an inaccurate picture of what Christ is really calling us to do in discipleship. So we're going to move on and talk about the marks of a disciple. The first is that a disciple abides in God's word. John eight thirty one through 32 says, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so for each one of us, We have to spend time in the Word in order to effectively disciple anybody, whether that's our children or other women that we have in our small groups or that you're just coming in contact with. If you are not equipped with the Word, then you're not going to be able to tell truth that sets people free. And so it is so important that we are consistently spending time in God's Word. The second is to live with discipline and self-control. 1 Timothy 4.7 says, Have nothing to do with irreverent silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. And so I love that phrase, that we have to train ourselves for godliness. Um, I was a sport management major. And so, as you can see, I use that a lot in my current job now. Um, but I was a coach before I came on staff at Watermark. And my first job as a coach was a strength and conditioning coach for a football team, high school football team. Um, So you can imagine what that was like when I walked into this weight room of all of these stinky high school boys and said, Hi, I'm Coach Powell. Welcome. (laughs) And they very quickly learned that you don't want the smile to go away in the locker room or the weight room, because what follows is not very fun for them. And so my job was to train them to give them the tools that they needed in order to be successful on the field that if they didn't put in the work they were going to get destroyed and that was all there was to it and so it was hard they didn't like it but they needed that training in order to accomplish what they were being asked to do and so it's the same thing for us that we are to train ourselves in godliness and that requires effort it requires work on our part that we have to fight our flesh which would tell us, don't even bother. Don't worry about that self-control thing. How about you just try to control things? And so we have to be aware that this is a battle. It is a fight that we have to train for. We also need to be devoted to prayer. So the beginning of Acts chapter 1, the ascension has just taken place. Jesus has gone on to heaven. And so the disciples are left going, what's next? Um, in verse 14 it says all of these the disciples with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers and so I love this the story in scripture because what they were gathered together to try to figure out a piece of that was who's going to replace Judas the man who just betrayed Jesus we need to replace him and so here's our options on the table what do we do what they did is they spent time in prayer and they sought the Lord for an answer for the decision that they needed to make. And so for each one of us, that's something that we can model well with the women in our groups. Hey, how much time have you spent in prayer on that decision? This seems like a tough season in your life. What are you doing to combat those lives? How are you conversing with your father and spending time in prayer to know what his heart is for whatever your issue is? The next is to practice these things. And so there's several different verses in Scripture that have a very long list of things for us to do as believers and marks of a true Christian. And so this one um, in Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 18, is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. My husband and I had this first read at our wedding because as we were digging into what does the word say about my charge as a godly wife and his charge as a godly husband, And we looked at this list, it was so evident that we thought, wow, okay, if we held fast to what was good, if we rejoiced in hope, if we were faithful in tribulation and constant in prayer, if I was never wise in my own sight, and if I sought to live peaceably with all, we would have an awesome marriage. And that would be a God honoring marriage. And so, what better charge than that? And so, this is what we're called to. In your Bible, it probably says this little subtitle above that, Marks of a True Christian. And so I would encourage you to spend some time really thinking through the things in this list and asking yourself, am I living these out in such a way that I would say, follow me as I follow Christ? It's convicting for me every time I read through these things because every time the Lord points out those areas in my life that I'm not living this out. And so I would encourage you to think through those things and to fight the good fight of faith in 1 Timothy 6.12, remembering that this is a battle, and it's not easy to live according to the things that Christ has called us to. It requires a fight, to fight lies and hold on to truth, and even to fight those expectations that we sometimes put on ourselves that are just inaccurate. So what does discipleship look like? The first is just to live out your faith in front of her, 1 Corinthians 11 says to be imitators of me as I am of Christ. And so what we just talked about, that you would be able to go to that woman and say, follow me as I follow Jesus. And so she should be able to see in your life, your children should be able to see in your life, that these things that we just talked about really mean something to you. Your kids who see you leave every morning to come here on Wednesday mornings are getting to see that discipleship is important that spending time with God's people is important. When you are doing your Bible study homework in front of your kiddos and they get to see, wow, mom spends time in her Bible, that must mean something. That you have an opportunity to live that out in front of your kids and in front of your small groups, to be authentic with them when you are struggling, when it was hard for you to get your study done that week because we've all been there, and just letting them in on, hey, here's what it looks like to live a life of faith. The second is Titus 2, 3 through 5, and I love this verse for women um, because it just charges me up every time I read it. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husband, that the word of God may not be reviled." And so this verse, um, there's two ways, really, I think, that you can look at this. And the first is to look at the older women very practically, that that means that there are some women that are older than other women. And so those of you who are grandmothers have a great opportunity to remind those young moms in your group that the terrible twos end, and it's not forever. You're going to make it through this. Um, And so you have the chance just to talk about, hey, here's what I've experienced in my life. The things that are ahead of you that you don't know how to conquer them, I've been there. And I think the flip side of that is that this is also talking about spiritual maturity, which is encouraging for me as possibly the youngest person in the room, that my age is not what determines whether or not I can disciple someone. That our spiritual maturity comes into that picture. And so one of the women specifically that I spend time discipling every other week is older than me. And she came to me and asked me to do that. And my immediate thought was, I'm not older than you, so I can't disciple you. And that's just a lie that we believe. That regardless of our age, we have the opportunity to speak truth if we are in the Word and we know it. And so just to encourage each one of you, get those things out of the way that don't really matter. And remember that the Lord has placed the women in your group for a reason. And so you have a great opportunity just to disciple those women and to point them to truth so going back to war room miss clara brought elizabeth into her world she didn't go and say okay we're going to take the book of romans we're going to pull out the greek root words of every word in romans and dissect it until we fully understand no she asked her to come have coffee she showed her how to pray she went and had ice cream with her And so the ask for you all as you're thinking through discipleship is not to go and do another study with these women or that you have to be a biblical scholar in order to have anything worthwhile to say. It really is asking to bring them into your world. And so for those of you that are moms and going, yeah, there's no way I can have a three hour lunch once a week with any one of these women in my group. This is not going to happen. Well, do you do laundry? And a lot of it Ask them to come over and fold laundry with you and talk about life. Or as you go on a walk in the park with your kids, invite her to come with you and ask intentional questions because that is one of the best things that you can do to really get to the heart of where these women are struggling and where they're not believing the truth that God tells them. Use the word to encourage and instruct. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed rightly handling the word of truth and in second timothy three sixteen through 17 that all scripture is god breathed and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of god may be complete equipped for every good work and so this goes into community quite a bit too that we are constantly reminding you in community you need to counsel with scripture Remember to go back to the word, that if all you're doing is counseling with your experience, you're missing a big part of that. And so remembering that you need to always tie it back to scripture. And in order to be able to do that, you have to be in the word to know it. Miss Clara with Elizabeth gave her very specific scriptures to help her fight the lies that she was believing. She prayed with her for her family and for her marriage and her daughter And then she also faithfully asked for updates on those prayer requests. You know, that's something that I struggle with is that I am very good about praying. When you ask me to pray, I'm going to pray. But I may not ever follow up on that prayer request. And that is an area that I need to grow. And so that's something that just reminds people that you love and you care for them. That as I'm praying, I'm actually thinking about what I'm praying. And I do care about how the Lord is working in those prayers. The next is to ask her to follow you. Matthew 4, 18 through 22 is is the call as Jesus goes and calls his disciples. And he simply says, follow me. And so that's really what you can do too, is as you are finding those women in your group that have kind of that extra spark or interest, ask them to hang out with you. Miss Clara asked Elizabeth multiple times to come over and hang out with her and spend time with her. And so that's what we can do too. Because these women may be a little, uh, I don't know, you want me to go get coffee? That could be scary because you might ask me all kinds of things. And so continuing to ask, continuing to invite them in. And so I would look at really three things as you are just considering who that woman is in your group that maybe you can spend a little more one-on-one time with. Is she faithful? Is she coming consistently to Bible study? Is she doing the study? Is she answering questions when she's asked? Does she contribute to that time? The next is, is she available? So when you ask her to come and spend time with you, does she ever say yes? If the answer is always no, then that person's probably not really available to spend time being discipled by you. And the last is, is she teachable? Is this a woman that when you spend time with her and you're admonishing her with scripture, you're encouraging her towards truth, that she receives that? Because if it's someone who's not teachable, then again, your time is not going to be well spent there. And so thinking through that faithful, available, teachable. So we really do have two goals in discipleship. The first is to live out these qualities in Second Peter 1, 5 through 8, that we supplement our faith with knowledge, self-control, love. Again, a whole list of things that should be the marks of our lives as believers. And so that you live those things out in front of her. The second is that you remind her of truth. 2 Peter one 12 through 12-15 says, Therefore, I intend always to remind you of these qualities, the ones we just talked about, though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it right as long as I am in this body to stir you up by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon, as our Lord Jesus Christ made clear to me, and I will make every effort so that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. And so that's so important with these women that we are there to remind them of truth because at some point we're not going to be with them. It could be next week. It could be a year from now that if their dependence is on our presence, then we've missed the mark completely. And so reminding these women of truth in scripture and giving them the tools to then be able to go out with that truth and do the same thing. The discipleship is something that should be replicating at all times. And that doesn't mean that you are with that person discipling them for the rest of your life. Um, I know that that's been something that's been hard for me at times of, am I ever allowed to move on to someone else? Um, and yes, you can. Um, and you should be sending those women out to go and continue to disciple in return. The most impactful people in my walk with the Lord have been those who live as an example and who call me back to the truth that I already know. And that's exactly what he's saying in 2 Peter. You know this truth. I'm not telling you anything new. I'm reminding you of what you already know. And so much of discipleship is exactly that, of saying, hey, remember this truth? You need to hold on to that because you've forgotten what you know. And so come back to this. So what are our action steps very practically for us today? My ask would be that you would prayerfully consider who God has placed in your sphere of influence. And so you probably already recognize that there's a woman in your group that you may connect a little bit better with. She may not even be in Bible study. There's someone else that is in your life that you see, hey, that's someone who's teachable, that I could really invest time in, that the Lord would use that relationship. I would ask you to initiate and be consistent in doing that. I know that we are all pressed for time. And so... I would just encourage you to fight the lie that you don't have enough time to do this. So much of this relationship is just asking good questions when you're around each other. There are several women in this room that I would view as people who are discipling me because they ask me good questions when they see me. And we're not spending three hours a week in one-on-one conversation. It may be 10 minutes in passing, but I feel encouraged by them and spurred on by them because they are intentional with me and they initiate well that you would identify the future leaders in your group so we as you know are continuing to grow we are going to continue to need women to step up and lead in this body whether it's in bible study or the nest or square one and so as you see those women encouraging them hey have you ever considered leading are you discipling anyone? Who are the people in your life that are speaking truth and who are you speaking truth to in return? I would encourage you to ask yourself and really write out what are the lies that you're believing that are holding you back from being able to disciple the women that God has placed in front of you? Whether that's time or energy or that you don't have the knowledge, you're not old enough, you don't have the experience, whatever that is, to really spend some time with the Lord saying what are the lies that I am believing that are holding me back? And then going back to the Great Commission that we talked about at the beginning, remembering that you can only do this through Christ, that He is not leaving you alone in this charge, that He has given you the tools that you need in His Word, and He has placed women in front of you, given you a layup in a lot of ways for you to be able to invest and really pour in. You know, I think at the end of, war room. So you have Miss Clara and Elizabeth, and Elizabeth's life looks so much better. Her marriage is better. Her relationship with her husband is good. She's spending time in prayer and the Word. Her daughter is doing the same, so it's going down the line. And she is talking to Miss Clara and just thanking her for the time that she has put in. And that picture really impacted me that in that moment Miss Clara who's in her 70s says yep you're my first this is the first time that I've ever been intentional with another woman and sharing what I know and so walking out of that movie I thought gosh I don't want that to be me I would hate to get to the end of my life knowing the word knowing so much truth and saying I have used it for me and that's it that I have not really pursued the women that the Lord has laid in front of me, that I haven't invested in my children in such a way that they fully understand the power that is in Christ and Christ alone. And so I think that that was the thing that really um, just stuck with me as I left and that my heart for you all and our heart really as a body here is that we're kind of in a unique opportunity being in our first year that we have so many new people coming that this group is still unifying and getting to know each other and building each other up and we have the opportunity to set the pace in our campus and to say we as the women of watermark disciple women that this is something that we are passionate about not because it's the watermark way but because it's what scripture calls us to and as I spent time in the Word on this lesson, I didn't see an out anywhere. Um, I looked for it, and I didn't find it. That There was no place where I thought, okay, that verse tells me that I don't really have to do this if I don't want to. I don't have an excuse. And so my encouragement to you all would be to really pray through that and really seek the Lord and just keep doing what you're doing. Like I said at the beginning, you all are the women who are discipling women at Watermark Plano. And I know that for several of you, that goes beyond women's Bible study. And so thank you for that. Keep doing what you're doing and strive to excel still more in what the Lord has called us to, to invest in the women that he has placed under our care. So let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you are the power that we need that you have given us all of the tools that we need to live a life of godliness in your word. Lord, I pray for each one of these women, um, Lord, that you would encourage their hearts, that you would help them to fight fear, to fight lies, um, that if at any point in this talk today or going out of it that they feel like they are failing because they're not doing enough, Lord, I pray that you would remind them of truth. that, that we are called to be faithful with what you've placed before us and that you will give us what we need for the things that you lay before us, that there is nothing that you will ask us to do that you haven't already provided the power to do so. And so, Lord, I pray that you would protect this group of women, that they would be united, and that we would be able to look back years from now and celebrate the ways that you have worked through this group. And I say all this in Christ's name. Amen.